Chapter Twenty of Chrome Yellow by Aldous Huxley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Twenty. Ivor was gone, lounging behind the windscreen in his yellow sedan. He was whirling across rural England. Social and amorous engagements of the most urgent character called him from hall to baronial hall, from castle to castle from elizabethan manor-house to georgian mansion over the whole expanse of the kingdom to-day in somerset to-morrow in warwickshire on saturday in the west riding by tuesday morning in argyle ivor never rested the whole summer through from the beginning of july till the end of september he devoted himself to his engagements he was a martyr to them in the autumn he went back to london for a holiday crome had been a little incident an evanescent bubble on the stream of his life it belonged already to the past by tea-time he would be at gobley and there would be zenobia's welcoming smile and on thursday morning but that was a long long way ahead he would think of thursday morning when thursday morning arrived meanwhile there was gobley meanwhile zenobia in the visitor's book at crome ivor had left according to his invariable custom in these cases a poem he had improvised it magisterially in the ten minutes preceding his departure dennis and mr scogan strolled back together from the gates of the courtyard whence they had bidden their last farewells on the writing-table in the hall they found the visitor's book open and ivor's composition scarcely dry mr scogan read it aloud the magic of those immemorial kings who webbed enchantment on the bowls of night sleeps in the soul of all created things in the blue sea the acrosseronian height in the eyed butterfly's auricular wings and orgied visions of the anchorite in all that singing flies and flying sings in rain in pain in delicate delight but much more magic much more cogent spells weave here their wizardries about my soul crome calls me like the voice of vesperal bells haunts like a ghostly peopled necropole fate tears me hence hard fate since far from crome my soul must weep remembering its home very nice and tasteful and tactful said mr scogan when he had finished i am only troubled by the butterfly's auricular wings you have a first-hand knowledge of the workings of a poet's mind dennis perhaps you can explain what could be simpler said dennis it's a beautiful word and ivor wanted to say that the wings were golden you make it luminously clear one suffers so much dennis went on from the fact that beautiful words don't always mean what they ought to mean recently for example i had a whole poem ruined just because the word carminative didn't mean what it ought to have meant carminative it's admirable isn't it admirable mr scogan agreed and what does it mean it's a word i've treasured from my earliest infancy said dennis treasured in love they used to give me cinnamon when i had a cold quite useless but not disagreeable one poured it drop by drop out of narrow bottles a golden liquor fierce and fiery on the label was a list of its virtues and among other things it was described as being in the highest degree carminative i adored the word isn't it carminative i used to say to myself when i'd taken my dose it seems so wonderfully to describe that sensation of internal warmth that glow that what shall i call it physical self-satisfaction which followed the drinking of cinnamon later when i discovered alcohol 
carminative described for me that similar but nobler more spiritual glow which wine evokes not only in the body but in the soul as well the carminative virtues of burgundy of rum of old brandy of lacryma christi of marsala of aliatico of stout of gin of champagne of claret of the raw new wine of this year's tuscan vintage i compared them i classified them marsala is rosily downily carminative gin pricks and refreshes while it warms i had a whole table of carmination values and now dennis spread out his hands palms upward despairingly now i know what carminative really means well what does it mean asked mr scogan a little impatiently carminative said dennis lingering lovingly over the syllables carminative i imagined vaguely that it had something to do with carmen carminus still more vaguely with caro carnis and its derivatives like carnival and carnation carminative there was the idea of singing and the idea of flesh rose-coloured and warm with a suggestion of the jollities of my Karim and the masked holidays of venice carminative the warmth the glow the interior ripeness were all in the word instead of which do come to the point my dear dennis protested mr scogan do come to the point well i wrote a poem the other day said dennis i wrote a poem about the effects of love others have done the same before you said mr scogan there's no need to be ashamed i was putting forward the notion dennis went on that the effects of love were often similar to the effects of wine that eros could intoxicate as well as bacchus love for example is essentially carminative it gives one the sense of warmth the glow and passion carminative as wine was what i wrote not only was the line elegantly sonorous it was also i flattered myself very aptly compendiously expressive everything was in the word carminative a detailed exact foreground an immense indefinite hinterland of suggestion and passion carminative as wine i was not ill-pleased and then suddenly it occurred to me that i had never actually looked up the word in a dictionary carminative had grown up with me from the days of the cinnamon bottle it had always been taken for granted carminative for me the word was as rich in content as some tremendous elaborate work of art it was a complete landscape with figures and passion carminative as wine it was the first time i had ever committed the word to writing and all at once i felt i would like lexicographical authority for it a small english-german dictionary was all i had at hand i turned up c c a c r c a r m there it was carminative wind treibend wind treibend he repeated mr scogan laughed dennis shook his head ah he said for me it was no laughing matter for me it marked the end of a chapter the death of something young and precious there were the years years of childhood and innocence when i had believed that carminative meant well carminative and now before me lies the rest of my life a day perhaps ten years half a century when i shall know that carminative means vintreibend plus ne suis ce que j'ai été et ne le saurai jamais être it is a realization that makes one rather melancholy carminative said mr scogan thoughtfully carminative dennis repeated and they were silent for a time words said dennis at last words i wonder if you can realize how much i love them 
you are too much preoccupied with mere things and ideas and people to understand the full beauty of words your mind is not a literary mind the spectacle of mr gladstone finding thirty-four rhymes to the name margot seems to you rather pathetic than anything else mallarme's envelopes with their versified addresses leave you cold unless they leave you pitiful you can't see that apte ne point te cabre eu poste j'ajouterai dia si tu ne fuis onze birou balzac chez cette heredia is a little miracle you're right said mr scogan i can't you don't feel it to be magical no that's the test for the literary mind said dennis the feeling of magic the sense that words have power the technical verbal part of literature is simply a development of magic words are man's first and most grandiose invention with language he created a whole new universe what wonder if he loved words and attributed power to them with fitted harmonious words the magicians summoned rabbits out of empty hats and spirits from the elements their descendants the literary men still go on with the process morticing their verbal formulas together and before the power of the finished spell trembling with delight and awe rabbits out of empty hats no their spells are more subtly powerful for they evoke emotions out of empty minds formulated by their art the most insipid statements become enormously significant for example i proffer the constatation black ladders lack bladders a self-evident truth one on which it would not have been worth while to insist had i chosen to formulate it in such words as black fire escapes have no bladders or les échelles noires manquant de vessie but since i put it as i do black ladders lack bladders it becomes for all its self-evidence significant unforgettable moving the creation by word-power of something out of nothing what is that but magic and i may add what is that but literature half the world's greatest poetry is simply les échelles noires manquant de vestie translated into magic significance as black ladders lack bladders and you can't appreciate words i'm sorry for you a mental carminative said mr scogan reflectively that's what you need end of chapter twenty recording by expatriate in bangor maine